You're listening to the Young Adult Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, challenge you, and lead you closer to Jesus. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy. Hey, everyone. So, yeah, good? Okay. It's not that kind of meeting. All right, hi, everybody. I'm Adrian. I've uh, been... This is bright, dang. All right. Um, I've uh, been leading a small group and a mentor here for a year. That sounds right. Close, like something like that. Um, and Josh asked me to do one of these while he's out. Um, so we're continuing our series in Chasing Purpose, and I get to do Discerning God's Voice, which is really cool because this is something that I've struggled with personally and... Um, since I've been a Christian, I, there hasn't been a period of time where I haven't known at least one person going through this where they've had a hard time hearing from God and discerning his voice. So um, it isn't going to be our main scripture for the night, but I wanted to start us off in Exodus 17 because it paints a really clear picture of where the Israelites were at when they heard this very clear message from God that we're going to go over in Exodus 20. And it's actually a very similar situation that a lot of People find themselves in when they aren't hearing from God. So Exodus 17, 1 through 7 says, The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. Oh, it's up there too. All right. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why do you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock of Horeb. Strike strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the, he and he called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? So full disclosure, I sometimes have a hard time relating to the Israelites through uh, Exodus because they I read this and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's so whiny." But the reality is I probably sound the same to everybody I talk to about things like this. So the situation that they were in was actually very dire. They were dying of thirst, scared for their survival, scared for the survival of their children. And although I hope it's not as dire for all of you, this is the kind of situation that we find ourselves in when we are seeking answers from God. It's a very practical situation. We need water. We need, I need to figure out whether I should take this job, which school I should go to, do I buy this, do I save my money? Should I be in this relationship? They're all very practical things that we feel an incredible sense of urgency around. And we feel like we need answers to those things. But the reality is, and I I think this is something you guys went over last week, um, was that uh, despite the fact that there are hardships in our life, we need to trust in the Lord. And that's kind of the first step that leads us to hearing his voice. The next part is recognizing that These situational issues, the things that we think are so important that we need immediate answers to, 
they, when we seek specific questions and specific answers like this, we end up feeling disconnected, like we have unanswered questions, that we lack a relationship with the Lord because these things aren't so clear in the Bible, they aren't so clear in our prayer life. But the reality is that we're actually seeking with a lot of focus on worldly things when the Lord makes it very clear that he cares for our heart and we ask questions of the heart and our spiritual growth, he answers us. Uh, Proverbs 21, 1 through 4 says, In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unplowed field of the wicked, produce sin. Just real quick, uh, Jonah told me I put a ton of scripture in here, so there are Bibles at the back if anybody wants them. Um, So... The Lord's idea of success is different. We have this idea in our mind of things that we pray for, those very specific, tangible, like, what do I do questions. When the Lord has a different idea of success for us, it's not about career, income, relationship, status, whatever it may be. But these things can be good, they can be important, but the reality, and they might be part of the Lord's plan for you, but the reality is that they can all become idols and they can all distract from God's voice. Which brings us to uh, the main portion of scripture for the evening, uh, which I'm pretty sure everyone here has probably heard. It's Exodus 20, which is the Ten Commandments. So, um, which, I read this, I get, I've read it many times, but every time I read this, I forget how big some of these sections are, so I'm just going to go through it again because it's kind of interesting, but, um, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love, love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, and the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigners residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant or his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the smoke, mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites this. You have seen for yourself that I have spoken to you from heaven. Do not make any gods to be alongside me. Do not make for yourself gods of silver or gods of gold. Make an altar of earth for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Wherever I go, my name to be honored, wherever I cause my name to be honored, I will come to you and bless you. If you make an altar of stones for me, do not build it with dressed stones, for you will defile it. 
if you use a tool on it. And do not go up to my altar on steps or your private parts may be exposed. So other than the practical tip at the end of like not exposing your undercarriage to people while you're climbing stairs, um, there's three main points to this. The first one was uh, preparing yourself to hear the voice of the Lord. It's really interesting. They had wandered for a long time. They had tested and questioned the Lord, and then the Lord appeared to them. And when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled with fear and then asked Moses to ask God not to talk to them anymore. It's basically how that went, um, which is just kind of a funny contrast because we're here trying to figure out how to hear God, and they heard God and ran for their lives, basically. Um, but the point of this is the voice of God can be a intimidating thing to hear and to listen for in truth. Uh, listening for a specific answer that you want is very easy. Um, you either get it or you don't. Listening for what God has in store for you can be a very challenging thing, and getting the answer can be even more challenging. So if you are seeking the voice of the Lord, prepare yourself to hear it. That was the first point. Um, the second point is that the Lord is actually seeking your heart in these commandments. So there are a very practical list of don't kill people. Um, but it goes beyond that. It's actually seeking the heart of you, your motives, your purpose behind your actions. And it's really made evident when Jesus clarifies the commandments and the law in two places in Matthew. First one's 521. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, which apparently means contempt of some sort, um, is answerable in court, in the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. And then in Matthew 22, 35 through 40, one of them, being a Pharisee, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus sums up these very, like, structured, you shouldn't do these things, which you shouldn't do these things, or should depending on which one it is in the Ten Commandments. But he sums them up with love on both sides, and it makes it clear what God's intention behind this is. It's that your motives and your heart behind your actions are the most important thing. And he's seeking your heart in your questions of him. And this is made very evident in the contrast of Saul versus David. Um, David was a man after God's own heart, Saul was the king that came before him, which was probably never going to go well. Um, but in 1 Samuel 28, 3 through 4, uh, now Samuel was dead and all Israel had mourned for him and buried him in his own town of Ramah. Saul had expelled the mediums and spirit spiritists from the land. The Philistines assembled and came and set up camp in Shinem, while Saul gathered all Israel and set up camp in Gilboa. When Saul saw the Philistine army, he was afraid. Terror filled his heart. He inquired of the Lord, but the Lord did not answer him by dreams or Urim or prophets. Saul then said to his attendants, find me a woman who is a medium so I may go and inquire of her. 
This is another example of what I was talking about at the beginning of seeking answers to a question. Saul needed answers to a question about this terrifying Philistine army. It's almost always driven out of fear, by the way, every time you see it in the Bible. Um, when people, including all of us, seek immediate action, immediate answers, it's because we're terrified of what the answer might be. Saul did the same thing. He was terrified of this army, sought out God, because he was not seeking God's heart. And he, God knew his heart. He was not answered. And he went searching what I can only imagine was terrible advice from a psychic. So, a little bit later on, earlier in the verses, but later on down the lineage of Saul and David, um, in 1 Samuel 13, 14, as Saul was being told his kingdom was being removed from him and given to David, he was told, but now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Which brings us to David, who is the pure contrast of Saul in this aspect. He was a man completely after God's heart, and it's evidenced in 1 Samuel. Well, it's evidenced throughout the Bible everywhere, but in terms of its, his communication with the Lord, it's evidenced in 1 Samuel 23, when David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against a name I cannot pronounce, and are looting the threshing floors. He inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines, and save that city. It's very clear the contrast between Saul and David. Saul was not a man after God's heart. God knew his heart and knew that he was only concerned about his fear and the practical answers to his questions, and that he would go anywhere for those answers. David, a man after God's own heart, devout and willing to wait on the Lord, asked and was answered. It's a clear contrast that shows that God is purely concerned with our heart in these areas and that if we align our heart with God's will for us, we will receive answers to our questions. Which brings me to the last point of the Ten Commandment verses. Uh, focus on situational issues that can become idols will prevent you from hearing God's word in your life. Um, so not long after, they, after the Exodus 20 verses, I know we're still going forward in Exodus, so I don't want to do too much here, but the first verse in Exodus 32, just uh, while Moses was still on Mount Sinai getting the law from God, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. They saw a pillar of fire go before them out of a country, and it took them a very short amount of time to go from, we're terrified of this smoking mountain that's talking to us, to, hey, why don't we make some gold idols? And this is another example of that fear and that impatience. We make these decisions. We seek to get answers to practical life questions from God, and it leaves us in a feeling of panic and disconnect, and frustration that we seek out whatever we can to fill those answers. All that being said, the solution to this is hard, but relatively simple. If we seek out questions that are answered for us, which God has spoken to us through, the word, through his word, we have all the answers to all the questions that we need in the Bible. And if we reframe our focus to seek out God's will and ask those questions 
he will answer us. He will not let those requests go unanswered. So, for example, if you're thinking, what school should I go to? If you actually change your focus to think about where can I best serve God? Is there a ministry opportunity for me somewhere? The answer to your question of where should I go to school will likely become very clear. There's a good chance that God is putting something before you that you have an opportunity to serve him. And when you, focus, when you write your focus on the Lord, he will give you direction. The same thing goes with the relationship. If you're interested in getting into a relationship or you're already in one and looking to get out, the question, you never know. Um, if you're asking the question, is this relationship right for me, you're probably not going to get a direct answer. But if you're asking a question like, am I in a position in a relationship with God where I can be a good emotional and spiritual partner to another person, that answer will become far more clear. If you reframe your questions to seek after the Lord, the Lord will speak to you and he will answer your questions. So, did I forget that one? No, okay. Um, that brings me to the end of this, which is a challenge for all of you, and it's very difficult for me as well. Um, but anytime you feel silence in your life from the Lord, reframing what you're thinking, reframe your focus not on yourself, not on the dying of thirst situation that you're in, but on how you can better serve the Lord and how you can better grow in your walk with Christ, how you can become more Christ-like, who in your life needs service. Focusing on those things, praying about those things, asking God about those things will get you answers to the questions in your life and it will lead you in the right direction. All right. Uh, okay, I already forgot. Do I pray and then you come up or do I pray? Okay, I pray now. All right. Uh, sorry, I asked him this right before I came up, and then I <laughs> forgot probably two seconds later. Um, as you can tell, I'm also not as long-winded as Josh, so hopefully it's a good thing. Um, Jonah likes it. All right. Dear God, thank you for bringing everyone here tonight. Thank you for your word. Just uh, pray that we can focus on you more in our life and ourselves less, and that we can hear your voice readily and that you will guide us through the decisions that we have ahead of us. In your name we pray. Amen.